People don't know what it is to be champions. Oklahoma invented it. Wow, as <laughs> the great Brent Musburger said, you're looking live. Right here, we're actually in Owen Field Gaylord Memorial Stadium, where we are talking about the Sooners' nail-biting win over the Iowa State Cyclones, 42-41, where Parnell Motley chokehold a uh, Iowa State wide receiver and somehow pulled the ball out of his hands at the same time, and OU came away with a startling yet questionable victory, but in the win column, it goes down as a W, so that's where we're at today. Uh, it is, we're delirious because it's 1 a.m. in the morning, folks, and we're out here podcasting oh, wow. for you, the listener and the member of OUinsider.com. Right now, you can get a, what is it? Two, two months for a dollar. Two for one. Yeah, yeah one dollar. One dollar. You can get two months for one dollar. You heard that right. OUinsider.com. You can get two months for one dollar. But I digress. Colin. Hey. Joey. What's going on? <laughs> myself. Um. Uh, let's go to Colin first. Let's get your breakdown of the game. Okay. Uh, how did you feel about it? Because you were down here on the field. You got to yeah. see the sights, the sounds, everything that happened. Um, you were actually just discussing the reactions of the coaches during the Parnell Motley play because literally nobody saw I was down there in the end zone and got to see it up close. But tell us, your vantage point of view, how did it all play out? Yeah, uh, I would just start by saying that this was actually an atmosphere I thought was not only needed but impressive. The night game vibe really energized the Sooners. In the first half, obviously, you saw that this team played very capable football. But then, of course, we fast forward to that one moment in time where almost everything stood still. One shining moment. Anyway, go ahead. Anyways, Iowa State obviously scores. They go, they essentially look. So Purdy's over here on about the M. They just scored. And Purdy's coming out here. All of his teammates are, are, are celebrating. But Campbell is already on the field. Like, we're going for two. Okay. Everyone should know we're going for two. And so, of course, Grinch sees that and tells his guys, hey, we need to go get ready to, get, to stop this two-point conversion. And I remember this was one of the weirder things. They first come out here and line up before, right? Right. And Lincoln Riley sprints down to about the 11 or 12-yard line, sees something in that initial lineup, and yells at Grinch, hey, something's going on, and then calls that timeout. When they come back, obviously everyone lines up, ball snapped, the ball's thrown, left side. 
from where we're standing on the field, I'm I'm very close to all the coaches. Lincoln Riley walked out to about the five-yard line because he was so anxious. Grinch yeah. and Manning, they were all standing on the sideline. Where the ball was thrown, we could not see the football. And immediately everyone thought on that sideline that Iowa State had just won the football game. And then Parno Motley runs out from the back of the end zone with the football, and I think it was Roy Manning that first realized – Oh, my Lord, we won the football game. He gave the PG version, folks. Yes, yes. This place went nuts. Roy was a little bit more animated with some vernacular that Colin didn't want to use there. Yeah, I I, I like to keep it PG, and so at the end of it all, I think this is a massive win, but I will say this. What started as an electric atmosphere walking off this field, I thought it was very haunting. The the atmosphere was kind of like, how do we feel? Yeah. And, and there was this weird energy to where I think everyone was kind of asking themselves internal questions as, what does this mean? Who are we? Is this going to be a recurring theme? And I think as a result, there's a kind of growing concern. So it, it was wild, bottom line. Right. So, Joey, you came down afterwards. You listened to some of the presser. Uh, Colin and I were in there for the majority of the time. What's your takeaway from this game? Because you stood up there. What what, what was the consensus in the press box uh, after I left and after all that went down? Because I left about six minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. Come down here as usual. Uh, what was what was the, what was the feeling up there? Well, one thing I want to say is that when you're up top, you get the perspective of seeing the whole stadium, mm-hmm. and you guys can tell from being on the field how shell-shocked the whole place was as this yes. this comeback is happening. But up top, you get the atmosphere that is shell-shocked, and you can see. And when the stadium is half empty, it was crazy. this team needed juice from their fans. And, they and it was left really them. hard to get it. The student section, we've talked about it over and over, it's 75% empty Midway through the third quarter. And OU's up 14 at the time. Boo, you guys, if I had that that gift right now, boo this man and I'm throwing a hat at them because you students suck tonight. And they should be. They should have that criticism. Is it time for cut Oklahoma the, to cut, cut the student section size? Because I know there's fans that want to be with their butts in these seats. Yep. In a critical spot like that, make some noise and getting their, you know, getting their team a victory. That that was something that really, you know, how much impact that played on it. It's hard to gauge. Mm. It's hard to, to quantify that. But still, that's a that's a thing. And you know, then we get into how Oklahoma played. I, I thought, and I thought in the K State game as well, guys. Mm. Uh, when we talked on the pod after that. A lot of a lot of similar storylines in terms of Oklahoma's offense in the spots that it's putting its defense in. CD Lamb had a fantastic game. I have so much trouble criticizing him. He makes the two unbelievable plays. He comes up with the onside kick at the end of the game, but he also fumbles the ball and puts Oklahoma's defense in a bad spot. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts throws an interception and sets up Iowa State on the 35-yard line yeah. with a chance to tie or, as we saw, a chance to win the game. Yeah, Those are things Oklahoma's offense has to start doing better. They, they cannot be turning the ball and making those mistakes, three and outs in the K-State game. A lot of that stuff 
we're going to focus on Oklahoma giving up 41 points, but there's a reason they gave up 41 points. Yeah, I mean, they didn't play complete football. I think that's kind of the consensus that we got from them in the postgame. Alex Grinch, Kenneth Murray, this team is not playing very complimentary right now, and I think Lincoln Riley has touched on that a couple of times. He felt like those three sides were coming together, special teams, offense, defense. They are playing together. Jalen Hurts even mentioned it the other week. He felt like this team was finally understanding what it's like to play as a team, and this is the kind of game that can honestly create some sort of division. I mean, the quote of the night was Kenneth Murray saying he goes to bed pissed off and he wakes up uneasy because he knows that this defense does not get the job done at this moment. And I think as a result, that uneasiness, that anger can can create a little bit of hostility in a program. And so yeah, I think there's some validation to concerns that you've brought up. It's it's a lot of talk about, okay, they gave up 41 points, Iowa State made this thing a ball game. But at the same time, we're not really going to talk about what actually occurred from the Oklahoma standpoint on the sidelines or in the minds of these players and coaches. So you, you talked about Kenneth Murray mm-hmm. doing and saying he wakes up pissed off. Mm-hmm. I asked a question. Mm-hmm. Um, he he kind of alluded to it earlier. So I asked a question, and he, he dove deeper into that, and that is right here. You said that you wanted to uh, – you, you wake up every morning pissed off. Uh, do you feel like the rest of the defense wakes up every morning pissed off, or is that something that you were trying to figure out with the rest of the group? Um, I mean, I feel like I do, I do get a sense that around the team that, um, especially on defense, that you know guys aren't happy with um, the performance that we have, and so um, at, at the end of the day, you know, going to bed pissed off um, and, and waking up, you know, you know, in that unhappy mood. At the end of the day, you got to attack the day and, and, and get somebody today. And, and, that is motivation. So um, obviously tonight, you know, we didn't channel that in the right way to the point where we were doing our jobs all night. Um, and so um, you know, we got to go out there and be better at that. So yeah, he, he he's not happy. He wants the rest of the team to come out there and act the way he did. He actually said that earlier. He goes, I've got to find where this team is at because we're walking off moping. I asked him the question. I said, you guys were walking off moping after the touchdown knowing there was a two-point conversion that had to be done. And you and Parnell mm-hmm. got in everybody's faces and said, hey, look, this is not over. We've got to stop them right here. We stop them, we win. Mm-hmm. That's it. And Jalen Hurts comes sprinting down the sideline and goes and screams at the whole team. Mm-hmm. They come back out there, and I wanted to ask what I want to ask Jalen what he said. I want to get Ken's version as well, but they cut us off. Um, the point being is, is that there was there's there's a there's a question of where is this culture going right now. Mm-hmm. They know that first seven games is where it should be, mm-hmm. and how it should be each and every week. But they can't get that right now. They can't get some of these guys that have been around here and seen these 45, 56 wins, the 65, 62 wins, those type of those type of games. And I know I'm just making up numbers that are high, but uh, that is that's in their mind right now. When they start seeing this stuff happen, they're like, oh no, here we go again. And you start seeing the mistakes. You start seeing the questions bobble in their minds and you start seeing their 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 body language start to sulk mm-hmm. you start seeing the problems that 
escalated to the point where there was no going back in 2018 and 2017. They've got to stop it now. And what better time than Baylor? Yeah. Top 10 matchup, game day, Waco, night game. It's ABC, right? Yep. ABC, Kirk Herbstreit, Chris Fowler. Everybody's there. The whole world's watching you, Oklahoma. What are you going to show them? Are you going to show them you deserve a playoff berth? Or are you going to show them this is who you are? You're this team that was in Manhattan and this team that blew a 21-point lead to Iowa State. Now, granted, this Iowa State team is probably going to be 7-5 and to end the season. Mm. Their other loss is going to be to none other than uh, K-State. Probably, mm-hmm. so I, I I don't know I, I this, there's they're at a crossroads right now. Am I wrong? Or I mean, is, no. that, is that fair? No, you're you're right. And I would really want to add this: they're at a crossroads, and they're at a time in this crossroads where my computer was about to be. At a yeah, crossroads. everything <laughs> everything else everything else is working out for them. I mean, we haven't really talked about it much or no one wants to acknowledge it but some major dominoes fell today that helped Oklahoma and really curd their favor with the college football playoff and then of course with Baylor getting the win they solidified that as a college game day appearance I mean there's a lot going on right now that's helping Oklahoma in the long run but as we mentioned, the crossroads, with so much external factors working in their favor, they now have to work on the internal. And so this is a very determining factor in terms of how they handle their mentality. Baylor's going to be a huge football game. And, I mean, that's an understatement of the year. But Thanks, Captain Obvious. Yeah, but I say that because we look at it surface level, right? It's a night game, like you mentioned, all that stuff. I look at it as it's a big game because that, to me, determines who this Oklahoma team believes they are because they can do something and show, okay, the world can say that's who they are. But I would take it a step further. That week, to me, determines who Oklahoma believes they are as a team, and that leads to that further distrust that that I mentioned. That leads to the division. That leads to the hostility that can be felt at times. And to be quite honest, if if they don't get the job done in Waco, and I think they need to handle the Bears pretty handily, they don't do that. I'm pretty worried. This man's got his stats from 535 out. Let him go. Yeah, let's go. Well, we've talked a lot about Oklahoma and their issues, their internal stuff, what they've got to figure out in terms of, you know, playing better complementary football. But, man, today was an absolutely fantastic day all around for Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Minnesota beating Penn State Mm -hmm. was really good. Mm -hmm. Now, Penn State is still in the mix here. If they could beat Ohio State, they have a better road than Alabama does now. Yeah. But when you look statistically, you got that. Baylor coming back in winning in that TCU game where it looked like they could lose and they end up winning in three overtimes. Oklahoma right now is at 538, 34% to make the playoff. If they went out, and I'm going to give you a scenario here, according, you can, uh, for anyone that, you know, likes these stats and, and wants to kind of look and fool around with scenarios. If Clemson and Ohio State and LSU, who right now to me, uh, I don't see any reason to believe that any of those three teams is going to lose a game. Mm-hmm. I, I think I those teams are going to be going to the playoff. If those three went out, Oklahoma wins out and Oregon wins out, 538 gives Oklahoma a 74% chance to make the playoff. Mm. That's pretty strong. 
Now, flip it, and we're assuming Oregon and Utah are going to play in the Pac-12 championship, Correct. right? That's yeah. the scenario that that everyone's been talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, would, would the one-loss SEC team, the one-loss Big Ten, or would the Pac-12 champ or Oklahoma get in? If it's Utah, Oklahoma has an 81% chance to get in. It's all things considered, today was a big-time day yep. for Oklahoma. And they were fortunate in this game as well, but they won. They won the football game. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so we've, we've delved all this. Uh, it's one twelve at night. Um, let's go about uh, about five, ten minutes longer here, and then let's talk about – and we may not even hit that mark. I don't yeah. know. Um, <laughs> it's uh, late. Yeah, it's super <laughs> late. Uh, here's the deal, guys. We know what Oklahoma has to be. We know what they need to be. Mm-hmm. First, your prediction. I'll, I'll let y'all answer first. But your predictions on where they're going to be in the college football playoffs mm-hmm. on Tuesday, and like the rankings, like because it's going to be this. This could be a jumble because of how things played off. Because yeah. Minnesota, um, obviously Baylor. Um, uh, the, the loss of Alabama, the loss of Penn State. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things. That, that, now, granted, Oklahoma fans, you know, one thing realize is that Oklahoma's not going to get the benefit of the doubt right now. Yeah. Nope. They go down to Baylor and win. Things change, and they change quickly for Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So that, that's first off number one. But where are your thoughts on that? And number two, the keys. We're we're, Saturday, we're Sunday morning. We're Sunday morning, which yep. is weird to say. Sunday morning, after the OU 42-41 win over Iowa State, yep. um, Brock Purdy had six touchdowns. Uh, He's good. Yeah, yeah, and and, and that, that that running back, oh, uh, Brees Hall. Brees Hall. Oh, no, I know who he is, and yeah. I, I've, I've known him because I covered Marcus Hicks very well. Yeah, and one same high actually just saw his dad and uh, uh Marcus Hicks, or Kelvin Hicks earlier over here. He, he waved high from the stands. Um, he was taking a picture of both of them together, which I thought was cool. They were teammates last year mm-hmm. at Kansas, Wichita, Kansas, Northwest High School. Um, Oklahoma really wanted him for a little bit, never ended up offering him uh, from the looks of it. Oof, maybe should have. <laughs> um, anyways, I would say it always has that guy OU almost offered and didn't, and they end up being like, uh, you know, all NFL guy. <laughs> it's crazy every year. Um, what are your keys to? And I was digressing there. What are your yeah. keys to Baylor? I, I'm getting around to my question there in a go. very long way. What are your keys to the Baylor game as we sit Sunday morning at 1:15 a.m.? Uh, I'll let you all answer. So number one, um, where do you see Oklahoma sitting? Uh, how do you see? And you don't have to name the whole top ten, but where do you see the likes of like an Alabama, a Penn State? Uh, uh, Minnesota, uh, Baylor, uh, Oklahoma, those type teams, mm-hmm. Utah, Oregon, where do you see all those teams fitting in the chaos? Because you know Clemson's probably being number four or number five still, depending on how they meander Minnesota. That's why I'm asking the question. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what are the keys as we sit, 1.15 a.m., for Waco? 
I would say real quick, I'm still expecting Oklahoma to be somewhere in that 8, 9, 10, 11 range. It's going to end up being that because you can't really move this team too far up. Texas, you can't, Texas won. Yeah. They're going to creep in the top 25, right. so that gives them that win that they needed yes. so desperately. And that's that's tough for Kansas State, and it's tough kind of for Oklahoma because of Kansas State being them. But at the same time, I still think that you look at this team, it's a top 10, 11 team. So I expect them to be in that range, and then in the long term, I believe they'll make the college football playoff. The keys for Baylor real quick, because I got a chance to watch a lot of that game, Baylor is not a team that really concerns me. And I touched on that earlier, but at the same time, I saw Baylor basically drop a ton of guys in coverage on TCU, rush three guys, and they were just hoping they would bend but not break. Kind of what you'd see sometimes when Iowa State would play Oklahoma. And so when you know exactly what Baylor is going to try and do, and they did that to TCU, I don't expect them to stray away from that strategy. And so as a result, I hope that the Sooners approach that sort of mentality in terms of, okay, we know they're going to try and back up. Now is the time we have to be aggressive. We have to do what worked this time around, establish the run game. And so if they do that, I think they'll be able to take care of business in Waco. Yeah, I I mean, I feel very much the same way. It's funny, when you look at Oklahoma, some of the games that they've struggled with in the league – aren't these high-profile games that they play in. When they've went on the road, it, you know, you think back to 15 when they went to Baylor. They went in and won a big-time game. It, these these games, you know, the Big 12 championship last year against Texas, when there's a ton on the line, for whatever reason, this program in the league has had great DNA in those games lately. Correct. And so I, I tend to believe they're going to – go put a pretty good performance together next weekend. I think they'll shore some stuff up. We'll see. I'm, You know, I don't like the direction. Um, Both sides of the ball are are, uh, trending in right now, but uh, that said, I I think they're going to go in. It's a huge atmosphere. They've played well with the stakes where they're at. Um, In terms of where they're going to be ranked, I think LSU is probably going to move to the one spot yes. after the win over Alabama. Ohio State's going to be two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Penn State's obviously going to fall. Penn State and Minnesota yeah. are going to, you know, Minnesota's going to be probably in like the six range. They should be. They should be close to the top yeah. five now. They They're should. undefeated and they just scored a huge win over Penn State. They did. And so uh, there's going to be kind of a flip between those two teams. I think Penn State might fall behind Oklahoma. Uh, if they don't now, if Oklahoma keeps winning, mm-hmm. that'll take care of itself as well. But, Correct. yeah, I, I think they're probably still in, like, the nine slot when the rankings come out this week. <laughs> All right, well, here's my deal real quick. Um, I, I agree. I think they're nine, 8, 9, 10-ish. Maybe they drop back one spot or whatever. Um, I find the Alabama ranking to be one of the most intriguing parts of this because if they're still with zero top 25 wins ranked ahead of people with top 25 wins oh my god they should be in top 6 should not they, they shouldn't even be in the top 10 yeah, it's they haven't won against a top 25 team all year Oklahoma's going to have Texas if they play out how we perceive it's going to play out on Tuesday yep. Oklahoma's going to potentially have Baylor which will then make it 2 and one of them oh my god is a top 10 win 
What is, what the hell is going like I'm confused and I was waiting for this. You guys want to know something else too that that maybe people aren't talking a whole lot about right now. But if Oklahoma goes and wins in Waco and Texas beats Baylor as well. Oh yeah, no. chance for Red River Part Two, and it what's is. that going to do for Oklahoma's it resume is. if that's Jeez. the game right there? Because that, well, obviously Baylor would have. Well, no, they they would have their two losses, wouldn't they? And I mean, Texas has two. Yep. The tiebreaker would be up. All Texas has to do is win out. All Oklahoma has to do is win out. And has and nobody's. Here's the deal, and we talked about this up in the press box. Think about it. The Big Twelve. Say Oklahoma wins the Big Twelve. They win the Big Twelve title. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal. They're going to be twelve and one. Right, mm-hmm. Baylor's going to be either ten and two or nine and three. That's how they're going to end the year, which means they're going to be a top twenty team. Oklahoma State's going to be a top Oklahoma, twenty team. KU and West Virginia are their next Kansas two State, games. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Kansas State or Kansas State's going to be as well because they're going to end up being nine and three, eight and four. Oklahoma State's going to be eight and four. So you have right there at least three or four. Four nine-plus win teams, counting Oklahoma with the 12. Then you've got the likes of Iowa State, who's probably going to be 7-5. TCU looks pretty solid. TCU's going to end up being 6-6, six 7-5. And six, and so there you go with them. The only team, two teams, not going to win six games or more are going to be teams that have four or five wins, and that's Kansas City. No other conference can say that. No other conference is going to have five or six top 25 teams that are anything remotely like the Big 12. But no, the SEC is so top-heavy. They have Alabama and LSU. We have to remember that. Georgia, oh, my God. They lost to South Carolina, who got their butts kicked by Appalachian State today. Who lost to Georgia Southern last week. Who lost to Georgia Southern last week. <laughs> Am I on crazy pills? I Maybe. think we all are. Okay, it's no, this so is, late, it's right so late. late man. I guess the gist of my blow up there was why is everybody conceding that none of the Big 12 teams can get it? Why can Baylor? Why are they conceding that the Pac-12? I don't even care. It's not Oklahoma. It's the Pac-12. It's the Big 12. It's everybody else except for the SEC and the Big 10. Well, they're going to get in no matter what. They're going to two, two, three teams maybe? Like, what? Are there no other conferences? Have we not seen what the Big 12 does to everybody in the bowl games? They're like seven and two, five and two, whatever, six and two every year. Oh my goodness. It's like it's like rinse, wash, repeat every year. As far as the beta, and I'm sorry for the tangent. I know you podcasters like it, but here's the deal. Uh, finally, uh, Baylor, you got to go in and you got to establish a run. You got to get Kennedy Brooks going. The other thing you have to do is contain, contain, contain Charlie Brewer because he thinks he's Baker Mayfield. He likes to run around in that pocket and find openings. You think you you think Brock Purdy's slippery? Charlie Brewer makes him look like a pedestrian old lady walking across the road. That's I mean literally. He's way better. That's my analogy. Yes, thank you. Anyways. Those are the keys. They've got to contain Charlie Brewer. They've got to make sure uh, Marvin, not Marvin Mims, Marvin Mims is. Uh, Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims. I'm not even going to say what Marvin Mims is. You can go to OUinsider.com for that. Um, there you go. <laughs> anyways, uh, 
Yeah, that's Denzel Mims. Uh, no relation, I don't think, or the cousins maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. Well, whatever. Anyways, point being is is that yeah, I I I just went off the road. Got people. I don't think you understand. It's one thirty in the morning here. We've we've been up for a long time. Um, there's a lot that Oklahoma has to do. They have to solve a lot of problems next week, but they're on a big stage and they have a chance to really boost themselves into this playoff picture better than. It was conceivable uh, even two weeks ago. So this, this is a big week for Oklahoma. We're going to see what type of culture they really have. Can they fight off their demons on the defensive side? And can they find more balance on the offensive side? Uh, one like More like the first half. If they play the first half, nobody's going to beat them ever. So that that's my deal. Um, once again, Oklahoma comes away with a nail-biting victory. Last play of the ball game, 42-41 on a two-point conversion where Parnell Motley intercepts a Brock Purdy pass in the end zone. Oklahoma wins 42-41. Be sure that you go, you subscribe, get all the recruiting nuggets, get all the post-game, get all the uh, pre and pre-game, get all the, the press conferences leading up to the massive, massive potential top ten matchup, uh, Baylor-Oklahoma, this weekend, OUinsider.com. For $1, you get two months of access, uh, which will get you all the way through National Signing Day, if you think about it. So, And it's going to be quite adventurous on the Oklahoma end with the final four, five, six spots they have. There's a lot going on. We have all the news there, OUinsider.com. Be sure to check us out. For Colin Kennedy, Joey Helmer, my name is Brandon Drum, signing off. Thank you all.